Tonight, Vegeta vs. 18. How will the Prince of Saiyans lose to a woman? We'll tell you in graphic detail. Then, the Z Fighters discover a second time machine. Is this just a case of wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey? If so, the BBC's gonna sue. And my co-host Jesse Garrett and I discuss the new Super Saiyan God form in the upcoming Battle of Gods movie. Continuity's gonna get f***ed. This is The Next Dimension. Welcome back to the Next Dimension, the Dragon Ball Z podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donovan Morgan Grant. And as always, I am joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Jesse Garrett. Hello, Donovan. Hello, listeners. I hope Hello. everyone is doing well. In this month that we are still recording in February, because February is a short month, so we figured we want to get in quickly before uh, Libsyn asks for more money, as it does every month, to make sure we get all these episodes in. Um, so we got some fun stuff to talk about. We have some really interesting stuff to talk about in these episodes. And we also have some news. Unfortunately, we have no emails to read. I, I blame you, Yarbrough, Trimboth, and the, and the rest. But um, that's cool because we actually have some iTunes reviews we can read out. We've not read those in a long while. And we also have some news to talk about in concerning the Battle of Gods movie, which by this time that we're recording is going to be out in less than a month. It'll be March 31st, so we have about four weeks or so until until this movie's coming out. Now, again, I don't speak Japanese, so 
I won't immediately probably be able to see it. But um, you know how the internet is. You know, it can provide things even when you least expect it. So uh, we're going to definitely have some fun times talking about what's coming up next. But uh, before we get into all that, let's go over some iTunes reviews. I shall read these off. Um, January 4th, 2013, uh, the first one for the new year, from Stephen Pendleton. He says, five stars. You rock. This podcast is awesome. Jesse and Don, you rock. Short, sweet, thank you. Uh, let's see. Our next one is on February 4th, 2013. GigaGamer3000 says five stars. Wow, dot, dot, dot. Just finished listening to the first episode, and I gotta say, absolutely loved it. I love you and your friend's humor, and one of the biggest things I loved about it is that you let us listen to the recordings of the show in great quality. Love, love, love. I'm definitely glad I subbed to you guys. Thank you very much. You just said we have great quality? Wow. Yeah, that's that's a new that's news to me. I was, <laughs> I was always slumming with these recordings and these editings. I always thought that I was doing the lowest common denominator. Uh, and our final uh, iTunes review we read out came from February twentieth, twenty thirteen, by TJ Dilemma, aka Jib, five stars. He says, "Here's a hint: Vegeta's getting thrashed." <laughs> that's, that, 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 it's soon enough that that, me, that might be in the uh, in relation to the cliffhanger I did in the last episode. But he writes. Hey guys, thanks for the podcast. Can't wait to hear your input on the remaining DBZ story. My relation with DBZ is similar to Donovan's, except I didn't have any friends, so I never got over it. JK. But I really enjoy listening and now watching the last seasons again, which I've recently purchased. It's cool to get a different perspective now after hearing you guys analyze everything differently. Keep up the good work, guys. TJ Wild. Thank you very much, TJ Wild. <laughs> if that is your real name. Um, okay, as we said, there's no emails, but there is uh, some more Battle of Gods news to come out. So uh, exciting. Yeah, this, this is actually kind of weird. <laughs> and this does pertain to, you know, like uh, certain things that we have covered in the series before. So Jesse can finally say something. Uh, no, thanks to no fault of my own. But um, for one thing, uh, the latest trailer has come online. I put on the on the uh, Next Dimension Facebook page, if you've not seen it. And uh, in the trailer is the return of somebody we've not seen since the Saiyan Saga. Apparently, the Great Ape is going to be in this movie. <laughs> the Great Ape, which obviously is going to be like a Saiyan character. Will it be... I, I, I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen. It could be either Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, Trunks, Goten, but... It's odd because none of those characters have tails by that point, so it's just another question mark in the uh, plenty of questions that this movie raises up. So I, the Great Ape's not shown up since the Saiyan Saga? Correct, yeah. The, the last time we see the Great Ape is uh, when Gohan was going great up against Vegeta at the very end, so we've, we, we will never see it again in the series. Wow, that's interesting. It's, um, it's interesting that they kind of abandoned that, or I guess moved past that... Uh... That which is kind of a like a big aspect of the character, no pun intended. Yeah, seemed like it would you could develop it farther. So I think it's cool to bring that back. I don't know how it would fit in. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that that, that it is making an appearance because not soon after that it was released that uh, although all the main characters from Dragon Ball Z, uh, the ones we see now and the ones we'll see later on in the series are going to be there because this takes place. Uh, after the Buu saga, but before like the last couple of episodes of Dragon Ball Z, before the ten-year time skip, uh, I'm not sure how how many years this is. This is in between or before or after, but um, apparently there's going to be a new Super Saiyan form in this movie, and it is dubbed you can hear it in Japanese because they kind of say it in like an Eng English form, Super Saiyan God. 
<laughs> this really has me <laughs> raising my eyebrow. Now I read the the article and they were mentioning that if it, it could be like a just a like a bad translation, possibly. I mean, cause, I mean, it sounds pretty definitive that that's a new form to me. Right. But it's really weird because like um, you can hear like even in the trailer when it's Japanese, you can hear them. You know, when when they say like Goku or whatever, you can hear the people's names, but they actually say Super Saiyajin God. And you know, in the English kind of Japanese speaking, and I don't know how to feel about this to be honest, because uh, I, like like the Super Saiyan form kind of gets a bit derivative by the end of the series, and the movie you see, you know, the the, the, the future Super Saiyan form, so that's that's nothing new. But like, I'm not sure with because this is a movie, I'm not sure how much uh, they can expand on, a, on an entirely new form. That seems like a big addition to the mythos for a movie to take on. Um, it's going to be tricky, especially because they said that they released that the movie's timing is going to be 85 minutes long, so that's about, I think that's longer than the average Dragon Ball Z movies. I'm not sure if any of the movies we've seen up to this point have been that long, about like an hour, hour and 10 minutes, I suppose. So this That's is almost an hour and a half, so, I mean, that's a good, that's a, that's a good-sized movie. Absolutely, and it's interesting that, yeah, th this must be like a full-length, like, animated feature, as opposed to just a Dragon Ball Z movie, which are basically, you know... Two episodes. <laughs> yeah, a couple of episodes long. So, I mean, this to me, I mean, at first, up to this point when I was hearing all the news for the for the movies, uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is cool, another edition. But more and more as the news come out, you know, with the celebrity voice guests and the IMAX showing and Toriyama's involvement and, like, apparently the Japanese KFC is having a, as a toy line involved with it. <laughs> if I'm not sharing it on the Facebook page, I should. It's, it li Goku literally has a, a chicken drum in his hand. <laughs> Oh man, why can't that come to the states? <laughs> I would eat KFC to get that. Absolutely. Like this is this is a big big deal. More and more as it's coming out, and we have only a few weeks left till it actually does drop. I'm going to try my damnedest to watch this, <laughs> legal or otherwise. But um, yeah, it's really Super Saiyan God. Uh, uh, how are you? I mean, right now in the Cell Saga, or not the Cell Saga, the uh, Android Saga. With, we have Goku, Trunks, and Vegeta as, as the Super Saiyans, and um, the Super Saiyan is going to get, you know, it's going to get developed as a form later on, but like right now, what are your general thoughts on that, on it as it stands right now? Do you think there's like room for improvement, or are you cool for the way it is, or does it depend? What are your, what's your general take on it, just because of this new form that's being released in this movie? Well, but what I've seen currently, it seems that Goku, you know, ascended to Super Saiyan, Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was above the rest. And now you, all, you know, quickly have Vegeta and Trunks to follow. And Vegeta's like, okay, the only other Saiyan we had up until Trunks and Gohan. So it was like, okay, naturally they're, they're typically neck and neck. Trunks kind of opens the floodgates in that. Okay, is every Saiyan going to become Super Saiyan at this point? It's, it's almost diluting it to an extent. So you kind of have to up the ante to make it better. So you know, like it's a, I can kind of imagine that happening down the line. So by the end of the series, you know, a Super Saiyan God forms is that kind of the natural progression. It's it's a I think it's a problem in storytelling that when that happens, mm. when you know the what's brand new isn't new anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah and you you have to you know show up your villain by saying oh well he can't even beat super he can beat Super Saiyan Goku easily. Yeah. No. Yeah. That that actually is a problem. And like by the end of the series, the Super Saiyan form is going to get definitively upgraded. I won't say how. In fact, it actually gets developed a lot in this series more so than it does in the Boo Saga. The Boo Saga is just sort of like, you know, uh, I, won't, I won't say much. But um, Super Saiyan God form, that really Because <laughs> uh, they've said that these characters like Bills or Birusu 
and Wills, I believe. These these two new characters that we've been seeing in the trailers, from all the uh, translated material I've seen, it's been said that these guys are way more powerful than Majin Buu, which was this is the last enemy in the series. Which, that to me, I suppose it's Dragon Ball Z's trope, but man, I, <laughs> I it's gonna be interesting to see how how much stronger they get to that. I'll just now. Say. Do you think it has any any type of like relevance to the actual name itself, as opposed to just being like a higher Super Saiyan form? Like, a Super Saiyan God form, you're dealing, you know, with Battle of Gods. Right. The characters kind of have a, a vaguely Egyptian Nubis look to them. You know, is this gonna? Is he gonna have some type of backstory, to, you know, to explain the change in title or the? You know, is he gonna maybe get power from some other source than just purely being a Saiyan? I think that would be a cool route to play or go down. You know, I really hope so because it, it would. I want some justification. <laughs> yeah, to, to differentiate it from, oh, he's an even better Super Saiyan now. He, he just has taller hair. <laughs> that, would, that would really annoy me. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm actually thinking that they actually are going to take this, like, transformation seriously. Because uh, the movies, by and large, don't really affect continuity all that much. I mean, they kind of actually add questions to it, but they don't really, like, you know... What happens in the movies don't, don't necessarily happen in the series, you know, as a result. Yet... This movie is in continuity, judging by Toriyama's involvement and like the way they're kind of outlining the timeline. Um, so you know they're making an effort to. Yeah, they they really are making an effort to be like. A now, does this story. does it, so far? Does this seem like this is going to put the final nail in the coffin for Dragon Ball GT being even remotely in continuity? Yeah, <laughs> which I'm not I'm not crying about, but um. The fact that, like, I mean, they're introducing a new Super Saiyan form, and they didn't, I mean, they, there was a Super Saiyan 4 level in Dragon Ball GT, which looks completely and utterly different from anything else in Dragon Ball Z, but that was, the way, the way, the way that kind of came about was sort of convoluted, I think, in my opinion. I love the, I love the design of it, too. Toriyama actually designed Super Saiyan 4, and it was really awesome, but this, I, I, I'm, I'm, I know that they've come out and said Dragon Ball GT is, like, an alternate timeline. Like in in the in the interviews for this movie, they they said that like how will this connect to GT? They said GT doesn't count. They come out and said that. So which is funny because GT GT characters and GT movesets are in every game, every every Dragon Ball Z game, even the translated ones. So that's interesting to hear. But um, what's interesting to me is that just the con the continuity is really what I'm I'm worried about. And like the 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 final thing of, of news is that like just today there was a statement. Uh, you can find this on conscienceu.com. That we were talking about a couple months ago. Why is Gohan a Super Saiyan in this movie when he shouldn't be, uh, due to story elements in the Buu Saga? And actually said that you know, uh, Gohan will not be a Super Saiyan in this movie, despite the fact that he becomes a Super Saiyan in the trailers. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on, dude. <laughs> he does. I know he's on the poster. Yeah, he he's shown to be a Super Saiyan on the poster. And I remember there was one instance in one of the trailers. Maybe this may have been the second trailer, where he shows to be powering up, and. Just by nature of the storyline, he, he like like he doesn't like like he's. Funny. He could, it could be a dream. Yeah, it could be. It could be a. a, a that'd, be a that'd be a cop out to show that in the trailer, <laughs> but. Yeah, and the, 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 let me know what I'm going to find this right now because it's not going to make any sense if I just say this without any context. But uh, let me just find this quote real quick because this one really, really, because it was such a shock to see that, and it's interesting because fans and fans from Japan actually tweeted uh, the script, the screenwriter. And he actually came back with this, uh, with this, this quote. Let, let me read this off real quick. This is from Kanzenshu.com. Uh, he says, um, Yusuke Watanabe, who is the scriptwriter, says, There is no need for Gohan to be a, uh, a Super Saiyan. 
the GT staff were careless, careless about that too. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. That's a that's a that's a. I don't believe that's the actual characters. That's a, that's your screenwriter. He says, okay. He says, this is a spoiler, so it's kind of that. But in movie proper, Gohan is not a Super Saiyan. By all means, please do check it out in the actual movie. And someone someone tweets back saying, huh? I thought he was in one of the trailers, but maybe the video just did it for promotional purposes. And he said, and Watanabe responds, sorry, as a script writer, stuff like that in the trailers and posters falls outside my responsibility, so I can't tell you anything about that. I'm terribly sorry, but please try to understand all the same. So, that's... Uh, <laughs> this just reminds me of all, all the editorial mess that happens in the actual series, like we talked about with like the androids and the editors not liking the androids. and It's just... <laughs> it's funny to me what's being released and what's not. I don't Do you think it could be something used purely for a promotional like kick to kind of just throw another Super Saiyan in the preview to get people's attention up? Well, it's odd because it, be, it would be like it would be like okay, uh, imagine them writing for that kind of comparison. Or have them write uh, make like a Captain America movie, and then have like like you have Captain America and Bucky and all the Avengers fighting, and then for some reason you have like the Justice League showing up. <laughs> It's it's sort of that kind of thing where you know it it would be cool, but, but on the 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 bigger concern is that it doesn't make logical sense, or have or like if they're if they're promoting the Cell Saga, or no no if they're promoting the the Cell uh the Saiyan Saga, if they're promoting the Saiyan Saga, and they had like you know in the middle of the Goku Nappa fights, Super Saiyan Vegeta running around, <laughs> it's that kind of thing where it's, it's like you know that should not be there. It's I'm I'm still excited to see this movie. I, I got to see these questions answered, but uh, it's really really interesting. Like. I don't believe any other released Dragon Ball Z uh, material, not even the episode of Bardock one, had this much attention to detail, or at least attention to what's been happening in the in the story process. Yeah, as much stuff that's coming out about it, and as much, uh, I guess, passion and focus as it seems like it's been put into it, it really does seem like they're trying to, not maybe not revive the franchise, but kind of, I guess, maybe begin to realize, hey, this has more legs to it, that, you know, we can... People still want this. We can do some quality stuff with it, not just rehash what we've been doing. And that's that's honestly very good of them because I, I, I said before the the movies eventually get a a tad repetitive in some aspects. So this seems like a really a lot of a lot of efforts being put. put the into villains this. alone seem very original, like a, in, a, in a departure from what I've seen so far. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Um, I believe that that's pretty much all of that. Uh, we'll find out next month. This time next month, we should be actually this time next month. It won't be out yet, but um, it'll be even closer. So in two so months. What do you think? Uh, to interrupt you completely. No, that's cool. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, say best case scenario, this movie comes out, it's a hit, and you know they decide, hey, let's let's go on with it. let's, but maybe let's start a new series. You know, what what would you like to see developed from that? To kind of you know. At, and completely ignoring GT, going in another route, you know. Would you like it to be more focused on, like, Dragon Ball Z type? Because I've heard that T- GT is has a very distinctive, like, different feel to it. GT is very... First of all, GT is very Goku-centric. Like, the big difference between Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT is that the characters are way more fleshed out in Dragon Ball Z. There's a lot of focus on Piccolo, uh, Vegeta, Krillin, Gohan, like... Pretty much, we talked about how there's so many uh, engaging characters when you're not concentrating on Goku that the, the series carries itself very well. GT, like, like there's a, there's an unkind name called uh, Dragon Ball Goku Time, is what it stands for, because Goku's front, stage, and center 
and like literally a villain will pop in, beat up everybody, and Goku will like like beat them in like two episodes, to the point of embarrassment, which is why a lot of people don't like it because it feels very disingenuous towards the previous series. Um, on top of that, it just feels like redundant. Like like a lot of the things that are happening aren't. There there are some really cool designs. Like, I love the Super Saiyan Four design. I like I like uh. That's the, the big uh, pink monkey, right? If you've ever seen it, it's it's like Goku with a red tail and like, yeah, he's kind of like like this reddish pink fur. Like he grows fur all over himself and like has red eyelids and yellow eyes and like yellow pants. Um, it's and a really cool black. design. Sorry. And like black hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's super saiyan, but his hair is like blacker and longer. It's a really cool design, but like, I mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate GT, but so much of GT is like you know this doesn't need to be in the series. And at the end of the day, I kind of prefer it wasn't. Which it isn't, but um, if this were to continue, if this were to bridge off into a new series, which is possible considering how much effort is being put into it, what I would like to see is a continuation from, because the, the the end of Dragon Ball Z is very much like the sort of the next generation kind of thing. Gohan is an adult. Spoilers has a has a daughter. Spoilers and and basically uh the a large a large theme of the Buu saga is sort of like the next generation fighting the supervillains. Like Goku and Vegeta's sons and, and children, sort of like you know getting stronger and surpassing them and kind of you know saving the day without their help, like like um so I kind of want to see more of that because like GT was a total, GT totally went back on that, and I I want I want sort of more of that to where you know, maybe Gohan and his daughter are the main characters and Goku sort of like, Goku's there. I mean you you can't have Dragon Ball Z without Goku, but like I don't want him to be like the center of attention. That's also a concern of this movie too because Goku. Is I mean Goku's the main character. He sort of takes the lead in it, but by the end of the series, he's not the strongest character in the series anymore. So I'm kind of wondering if if he is going to be the, the Super Saiyan God, and if there better be a damn good explanation as to why he is. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, vagaries um, and weirdness going on, but um, if it was, or, or was to start with a new series, I, w- I would hope it would sort of continue the storyline in a natural way, and not be sort of redundant and repetitive towards what we've already seen kind of like comic books as it always seems to be <laughs> what would you think you've seen at this point from what you've seen in the series what do you think you would like to see in a uh, additional series well like you were saying um what little i do know of dragon ball gt i had heard that you know goku like becomes a kid again and i'm like yes. okay that seems to literally go backwards from what you've been progressing for the you know the rest of the series Mm-hmm. I've heard like a lot of the char- you know the other characters aren't touched upon, and I'm like, okay, well, why? That seems like a waste since Z spent has spent all this time developing these characters, these side characters who aren't necessarily you know going to contribute to a fight, and but they still have relevance to the storyline, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see more of that. And if you said it moves on to kind of a second generation. Uh, I think that would be a really good idea to explore, you know, have these characters in the background, you know, as secondary characters, and still have their lineage kind of go on. I think that right. could work uh, very well. And I think one of the good things about so far about Dragon Ball is that you can have a, a very mythological uh, like storyline and world, and then you can introduce androids. And you can yes. go on other planets and get aliens. And then you can apparently introduce... a you know, Egyptian-themed bad guys. It's like, okay, it's kind of all over the place, but it works. Mm-hmm. They they kind of make it all fit in their own world. So you could, you, as long as somebody ha- is passionate about being original and 
by taking an original idea and applying it to these characters in this universe, I think you you have an endless supply of story almost. Absolutely, I think I think these episodes that we're going to talk about really uh, showcase the the elasticity of the potential that Dragon Ball Z, the just the Dragon Ball characters in terms of you know their plots have. And um, I mean, the Boo Saga is all Boo Saga is out and out fantasy. There's not really a lot, any science fiction whatsoever. Uh, Freeze Saga was science fantasy. This is strictly science fiction. Dragon Ball was you know screwball comedy and martial arts wackiness. Dragon Ball GT was none of that. So, <laughs> uh, so I mean, I think and like, you know, I love the, the the designs of Bills and the other guy, like the the characters in in this upcoming movie. So that's a really good sign. That shows that they're kind of. Thinking outside the box and not really showing a because I think that the Dragon Ball GT villains, I mean, they look like villains. You know, they're, they're kind of distinct, but they also look kind of run of the mill in their designs, like the Omega Shenron Dragon and the um, and Baby. They kind of look like you know, there's an element to them, a sort of indefinable design element, which makes them look sort of run of the mill. Where the, whereas these guys in Battle of the Gods look entirely different. There's yeah, nothing. He's not fighting another Turles. Ex- yeah, except for real, exactly. He's not fighting a mirror, like. They don't necessarily look they're bad guys, but they don't look they're good guys either, and I love that. It's a very ambiguous design. So, that's a lot to look forward to, to that, and a lot of questions. That's about, there's nothing wrong with questions, but a lot of uh, attention, uh, rightly so, on this movie. So, uh, unless unless there's anything, anything to bring up for that, we can uh, cut for a, uh, a mandatory commercial break and get back with the synopsis. Sounds good to me. Alright, we'll be right back. Holy nightmare! So we all know who Robin is, right? Short pants, bad, holy insert object gear jokes, kind of weird relationship with an older man who dresses like a bat. I know, right? So not what Batman needs. Thing is, if that's your impression of Robin, then you don't know Robin. I'm Tom Panneries, and for most of my comic collecting career, I've been a Teen Titans fan. Moreover, I've been a huge fan of Robin and Nightwing, so I've decided to take a look at those who have worn the costume in a podcast miniseries called Taking Flight. Taking Flight focuses on the life and career of Dick Grayson as he evolved from Boy Wonder to Nightwing. I'll take a look at his origin story, his time with the Teen Titans, and his evolution into Nightwing. Along the way, I'll also look at Jason Todd and Tim Drake, stopping right after Zero Hour when Dick left the Titans behind. Episodes will come out just about every week at takingflight.podomatic.com, and you can find show notes at popcultureaffidavit.com. Join me as I take a look at Comic Dumb's most famous sidekick, who is a vital part of Batman's mythos. It's up to me. If I let him get away, they're going to find Goku and squash him. Yes, let's go. I'm sure there will be plenty of cars to choose from once we find a more populated area. And while we're at it, I really wouldn't mind replacing these torn-up clothes. Well, are you ready to begin our search, 16? Yes. (laughs) No, stop! And what do you want now? Stop! You guys leave Goku alone! He's sick! He can't fight you now! Goku hasn't done anything to you! Why are you after him? Sixteen has been programmed to destroy Goku. So that's what we're going to do. Why? You don't have to do that! 
We're only following Dr. Giroux's master plan. Just listen to yourselves! Did you forget? Dr. Giroux is gone! You took care of that! Yes, I haven't forgotten about that. But this, friend, is a game. What do you mean? This is just a game? Is that all? That's right. Yes, and finding Goku is a part of the game. That's why we did not ask you where he is. Uh, no! Stop this! I beg of you, please don't go after Goku! Please! You don't have to do this! No. I am programmed to destroy Goku. There you go, pal. Now if you'll excuse us, we have work to do. Stop worrying about Goku and take care of your other friends. They look like they could use some sensu beans. Good luck. Bye. And we're back. Last time we left off, the androids, the new androids, I should say, Android 16, the big one, and the twins, 17 and 18, were going to find Goku and kill him by hitchhiking on the road. When they were caught up with Super Saiyan Vegeta, who challenges them to a fight, and Android 18, the female, accepts. So, the battle begins uh, pretty quickly. Android 18 starts off and fights uh, Vegeta. There's a, there's a bit of a one-on-one. -on -one. At one point, Android 18 is positioned in front of an oncoming truck, and Vegeta uh, points his big bang attack directly at her, completely ignoring the guy, saying, get out of the road, and just blasts at her, annihilating the man, <laughs> killing him in cold blood, because it's still Vegeta. Uh, Android 18 says that was a half-ass blast, and she says, yeah, I'm, I'm holding back. Well, she says, I'm holding back too, and proceeds to like pound his face in. I believe it's at this point where the Z Fighters show up and Trunks asks, Dad, are you okay? He says, Nah, I'm fine. I don't need any of you. I don't need you or Kakrot. I'd rather die than fight fight with help. So, um, 17 is rather impressed by this and says, Okay, okay, okay. You continue to fight 18 one-on-one -on -one and uh, we'll let you have it. If any of your friends interfere, then I, you know, I'll take you all down at once. So, it's at this point where 18 begins to fight seriously and... Vegeta is really, you know, giving it his all, but uh, eventually he can't really overcome her. Vegeta's fighting so fiercely, you know, so fast and, and powerfully then that Trunks actually thinks, maybe my dad can do it. He's he's so powerful. I've never seen such display of power. Piccolo says, well, he's boned. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, watch the android. She, she has infinite power while Vegeta's losing the stamina. The perceptive Piccolo. <laughs> Mr. Happy Piccolo, always, always with the fun times. So, um, so he, as, as he's saying this, Android 18 is having the, 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 the stronger effect over Vegeta. She's sort of outfighting him and begins to get more hit, more and more hits. Vegeta fights back and she says, that's, that's a lot better. Is Goku, is Goku as strong as you are? And he's like, no way! He, he got ahead of me for a little while, but now I'm back on top. So she says, oh, okay, I see, I see. Well, then you're both too weak to fight me. What did you say? And um, although Vegeta is, is pretty angry to hear this, he doesn't do much to back that up. And um, 18 punches him across the face, kicks him in the chin, jumps up in the air, and snaps his arm in half with a, uh, with a sort of a roundhouse kick. So Vegeta's grabbing his limp arm, sort of walks for a while, falls to his knees, and 
says, this this really, really hurts and screams as much. So while Vegeta's crying like a baby, Trunks freaks out, goes Super Saiyan, and attacks all at once. And because, you know, he broke the, the, the deal that they had with Seventeen, Piccolo and Tien chase after them. Krillin's just standing there wetting his pants. So, um... The following actions happen really, really quickly, although they're kind of slowed down in the anime. Um, Piccolo gets taken down. Tien tries to go for 17, but as though 17 were Wayne Brady, he gets choked out. Uh, Trunks tries his sword against number 18, but the sword is broken because Android 18's skin is too tough. She slams him into Vegeta. Um, Trunks is knocked out immediately. Vegeta tries to fight and is actually the most uh, stubborn. Piccolo tries to save Tien, but is knocked out uh, through the stomach. Chin's choked out, and Vegeta's still trying to blast away 18, just gets kicked back on the ground, and 18 actually puts her foot on his other arm and just crushes his arm with her boots until he passes out from the pain. So that shuts him up for a while. The androids say, huh, this, that was weird. His weird glow is gone, his hair is back to normal, and so is that one. They point to Trunks, they have no idea who Trunks is. So they're like, well, that was, that was plenty of fun, now let's get going. And um, while they jump up to, to meet Krillin, Krillin's about to fight. <laughs> I said, don't worry. Your friends aren't, aren't dead. They're just knocked out. Just give them the sins of beans. They'll be okay. So they start to walk away, trying to talk about finding a cab because Seventeen wants to go driving. <coughs> so Krillin runs up and says, hey, wait a minute. You didn't kill us, so why are you going against Goku? He didn't do anything to you. Well, you know, there's nothing else to do, Android Seventeen says. This is a game, and, you know, we've we got to find a goal. After we kill Goku, who knows what we'll be doing. If your friends want to fight, tell them we'll be ready for them. So, uh, Krillin says, okay, all right. All right, they if tell I, them to give them, give them some sensu beans, so they're familiar with those also. Yeah, yeah, they have, they have pretty much every information. In fact, 16 probably has the most information because he knows where the house is. So, um, Krillin says, okay, if I said, if I asked you really, really nice to you, really, really nicely, and if I pay you, <laughs> would you please not go attack Goku? And 16 says no. So, um, so Android 18 walks by Krillin, and as he's, you know, about to, about to get ready to fight her, she actually bends down because he's so short, kisses him on the cheek, and says, see you soon, and they fly away. <laughs> Krillin's staring at them for who knows how long before he says, oh yeah, my dying friends, and runs out <laughs> and gives them tinder beans. <laughs> so, uh, so Piccolo's flabbergasted that they knew about the Sinju beans. Vegeta is not talking to anybody. He's sort of off to the side, really embarrassed about getting his butt handed to him by a girl, and just flies off screaming. So at this point, they're all uh, they're all juggling their options. Tien and Trunks are wondering what, what to do. They, they believe that not even Vegeta or Goku can fight against these androids. Piccolo says, okay, you guys try to move Goku. And Krillin says, yes, what are, you, what are you going to do? And Piccolo says, okay, that's a good question. Krillin thinks that Piccolo has a plan, so he says, ah, Hey, tell me, what, tell me what's going on. Come on, man. I mean, we're all friends, right? Piccolo doesn't like the idea of being Krillin's friend and screams, Friends? At what point do we, do we decide to become friends? Don't get the wrong idea. I, 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 I'm just using you to, to take over the world, that's all. And he flies away. So Tien's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's still evil from his <laughs> days in Dragon Ball. <laughs> He's been plotting and scheming this entire time. Krillin calls crap on that and says, nah, I don't think that's, that's really what he's planning to do. In fact, take a look at the direction he's flying. Don't you, don't you think he know where he's going? He probably just wants to get stronger. Tien says, I, I don't understand. Have I been there before? And Krillin says, yeah, he's going to Kami's place. He's going to fuse with Kami to become stronger than the androids. The great elder from Namek told me one time that Kami in his original form was stronger than anything. So if Goku and Vegeta are Super Saiyans, Krill, uh, Kami plus Piccolo would be, make a Super Namek. 
So Tien's like, I suppose that makes sense. I Which know. I didn't. I didn't know how Krillin had learned about the ability to fuse. I don't remember if he told him he fused with the nail, or not. But I don't think Krillin ever found out about the nail fusion. But I think that he knows of the uh, the concept that Kami and Piccolo were were one and the same. And they can be joined again. Because I, I do remember Grand Elder telling him that, like before he gave him the power up. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So uh, at this point, uh, Trunk says, "What do you think? De- I mean, um, Vegeta. What do you think, Mister Vegeta, will be doing?" And Krillin and Tien <laughs> said, "Nah, don't worry, son. We know your secret. Don't. There's no need to pretend anymore." So those three fly off. Vegeta flies off to who knows where, just screaming that the, that the androids will regret it for messing with him. You know, him being all weak and all. And uh, by this point, Piccolo flies past Corrin's tower, flies all the way up to Kami's tower, magically puts on his clothes, which I thought was pretty cool, <laughs> and has a standoff with Kami, his original self. So this goes back to all the way to Dragon Ball, because Piccolo despises Kami, and just he says all these horrible things like, oh, I can't believe I'm back in this stinking mud hole. I hate you, and your popo too. So... um <laughs> Kami says, yeah, I knew you'd come back in time. It's time for us to fuse again. And um, Piccolo says, the only reason you're still you're still worth anything is for the Dragon Balls. You're completely useless. So Popo tries to protest, that's not true. And Kami says, nah, it's, it's okay. It's, it's a completely fair point. I've not done anything since Dead Zone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he says, I, I'll, I'll consider your offer. But just wait a little while to see how things work out. This doesn't really uh, fly straight with Piccolo, who just yells at him, but eventually he just sits and says, fine, wait until the world's destroyed. So, Piccolo's not doing anything, and neither is Kami. So, no, we cut to... No. Uh, no, and all Popo can do is just kind of whine. Um, we cut to the androids, who, um, I'm not sure what... I think this is a gas station or something? Um, they jack a car, essentially. I think it's a truck, actually. It's a Lucky Foods pink truck. Yeah, it's like a big ice cream truck, but it's all pink, and... Because they were apparently tired of flying. 18 was like, oh, I want to walk. I want to go drive. Yeah, so I know 17 was. I, th- I think uh, 18 to 10 wants to get over with. I know at one point 18 says, I want to go to a shop and get some clothes. Her being, <laughs> because she's the girl you see. So um, they, they rob this, uh, this Lucky Foods truck. They don't do anything to the, uh, to the guys, you know, who own the truck. They don't hurt them or anything. So they just kind of steal it. Because <laughs> they're teenagers and all teenagers are bad. So, um... Back to the good guys. While Tien kind of decides to check back with Chaozu and says he'll show up again when when the fighting starts, Trunks and Krillin show up to Goku's place. While they're walking up to uh, the door, Krillin says, "Hey, Trunks, you know, are all these androids in your time? Are they evil, really? Because they let us live." He says, "Don't be confused. They're evil and violent. They're not worth anything." He says, "Oh, okay." <laughs> as he's as he's having you know comic book balloon thoughts about Android 18. A thought slash fantasy bubble of Android kissing him on the face. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um Chi Chi opens the door thing is Gohan, slams her doorknob into into Krillin. <laughs> they quickly tell you what's going on and soon Gohan arrives just in time to see his father being airlifted out of the out of the out of their, their home. So they're going they're, to Kame House. With, yeah, which I don't know why they think that's a good place to hide. Because wouldn't you think they'd come looking for, you know, Goku's associates also? I know, I I have in my notes. That's actually not a very inconspicuous place. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well just like you know, kind of stick him in the sky. But um, <laughs> so Goku and his family, you know, unconscious Goku, Chi Chi, Gohan, Yamcha, Krillin, and Trunks are all in this gigantic uh, sort of helicarrier, <laughs> being airlifted to safety. And um, that's where we'll leave off until we get to the really meaty plot stuff. 
So uh, going back to the fight and whatever happens after that, what were you thinking about these episodes, Jesse? Uh, I really enjoyed them. The fight scene between Vegeta and 18 was brutal, and I had to feel bad for Vegeta just because he got his uh, he got his ass handed to him by a female. <laughs> a robot. <laughs> and they even they even mentioned it. He's like, you just got beat by a girl. How do you think he feels? He's very prideful. <laughs> I, I like Trunks is going after them to kind of calm him down. Piccolo says, "No, no, 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 no. You don't. I, I don't want to be near him. I understand his feelings. It's <laughs> uh, good stuff. Although I, I will say that, like, I really, I, I really do like the character of Android 18. Um, I think she's a lot of fun. I actually, I actually really love her design because she doesn't look like any of the other women in Dragon Ball. She doesn't like Bulma or Chi Chi with the big eyes. She kind of has those cold eyes, but she's not like." You know, she's she's not she's not statuesque. She's almost kind of inconspicuous, you know, in her kind of you know, raggedy clothing. Yeah, I, I, I like uh I like the character of Android eighteen. I don't like her Dragon Ball Kai voice because if you notice, um, seventeen and 16's voices are a bit a little bit more kind of monotone and robotic sounding and kind of you know kind of drone on. And eighteen's voice to me in this in this in the Kai version was a, l- a little bit too girly. Because the original Funimation voice had it a lot more, a more like 17s. It was a lot more monotone, a lot more sort of like, like kind of droning in a, in a sort of like, you know, a, a logical sense. So that was sort of disappointing to hear her voice being changed. But um, I like the character. And um, I mean, I like 17 and 16, right? But I think 18's, her femininity is actually sort of new to Dragon Ball in terms of like the testosterone heavy guys. But uh, I, I like I liked that fight with her, even though she kicked Vegeta's ass rather badly. Yeah, she definitely does come off as more unique than the other females. Because, like, yeah, like you say, yeah, she's not, like, sexual When you think of, like, a, you know, very powerful, strong female, you think of someone who's, you know, like, Amazonian proportions and... Right. She's not at all. You know, she looks like a, a young teenager. Like, both of them do. But she looks and acts like one would suppose that she would. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely off-putting, you know, to see see that attacking Vegeta and winning. So it's like okay, it kind of kind of adds an air of like you can see why these characters would you know Vegeta would believe okay I can beat her no problem. Oh yeah, they're, they're totally honest. I mean, they don't look. It's sort of like Frieza's fourth form. He doesn't look you know physically imposing. He just looks kind of eerie. But uh, I don't know. I I really am in love with these these designs, and I like I like her current. Uh, at least at the start of these episodes, her sort of like jeans. Uh, costume. I mean, well, she she wears it all the time in Trunks's future. She changes her clothes a couple of times in these episodes, and by the end of the series, she wears something different. But um, I think I think she thinks she's a, she's a lot of fun. She's one of my favorite uh, characters generally because it's not aside from Chi Chi and Dragon Ball, there really isn't any female characters that that fight at all. So um, it's just it's just nice to see. Um, speaking of nice to see, uh, I know you felt bad for Vegeta. I actually. <laughs> I was really happy to see him get beat up. I'm not going to lie. Because I, th- I found him a little annoying. <laughs> he's always going on like he's the strongest. and he, I mean, he was kind of cool going up against 19 and 20. But like by this point, I was actually happy to see him get shut up a little bit. And rather fast. It is it, it is funny that yeah he, he beat the two androids no problem. So he, he's over here. You know he's full of like fluid at this point. More androids. Yeah, ooh, okay. Mm, that didn't work very well at all, Vegeta. You just, yeah. You just gotta hand it to you, bro. I know. I mean, I think this part of this, the episodes are a bit of the on the predictable, not the predictable side. Well, I, th- I think 
it wasn't in much question knowing the series and how it is that that they're going to lose to the androids. Uh, but Piccolo and Tien got bitched out really quickly. Yeah, even then, like you know, I, I liked that Trunks sees his dad down and immediately goes after him, goes after him on the offensive. You know, even though it's completely ludicrous to try, it, yes. it does show that you know he cares about him and that he he wants to protect him. Even though Vegeta's a horrible father at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then I like that you know they just up and leave them. You know they don't try to kill them. And Krillin's even like, well, "What are you guys doing? You're not trying to, you're not going to hurt us." Yeah, feed them some hits of beans. We'll come after them again. You know if they want to fight us. So the yeah, threat nice. of the androids is like a very unique one. You know, they're like, "Oh, you guys going to destroy the world?" Oh, uh, well, you know, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> they're um, very chaotic. They're not, you know, they're not necessarily the worst evil you can get. They're just chaotic teenagers you know basically like super strong teenagers who kind of want to do whatever they want to do yeah absolutely like like they're not like 19 and 20 where they just kind of cookie cutter bad guys they're just you know they, they, they have more personality frankly you know i mean they're not totally good guys but they don't they there's so there's no reason to kill anybody you know i mean they even said at the beginning you know like you interfere will kill you or whatever but they're just like you know beat them unconscious and then leave yeah they rob the uh you know the car they don't kill the people who are there I know. Even I think there's a scene later on, but we can talk about it now. We're 18. Like I think she like kicks a cop car that's chasing them, but the guys are not killed. They they're all like it's just a car crash. Just like you kind of wonder because because they're originally 17, 18 originally from humans. Uh, I guess you wonder if like sort of that personality bleeds forth. Because I know it's, number uh, doctors row hated their personalities, obviously because they're disobedient. But um, you gotta wonder if that's basically playing into it. If their human forms really lent itself to that or if that's just their personality or if it's a design flaw or whatever it's really interesting um let's see let's see what else uh any more, any more notes about the fight i mean it was a, it was a short fight it, and i enjoyed the fight but uh it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty you know like like uh matter of factly i suppose yeah i like that it was uh well i like that 18 you know said hey you guys don't interview intervene one-on-one if you do i'll come after him so like he kind of has a little bit of sportsmanship and he's kind of playing into vegeta's arrogance also <laughs> you know vegeta's like i don't need any help okay yeah well you clearly do <laughs> he starts clapping like ah that was a wonderful speech <laughs> like 17 is a lot more up for like you know like like having fun and doing stuff where 18 kind of has a sort of bored quality to it. it's like ah whatever Give me some clothes, man. And like that, uh, yeah, during the fight, Vegeta's, you know, innate evilness still comes out, you know. Yeah, he just blew up a guy. Okay. Like, don't forget, I'm bad. That was interesting to me, because, like, you know, he was fighting, he's fighting this, this villain, he's fighting alongside our heroes again, but he's still very much a bad guy, which I I actually appreciate it, because it's not, he's still his character, and in the last episode, we were questioning, like, whether he changes or not. You know, he didn't save Bulma or his baby son. And this one, he just, he's straight up just, he doesn't pay attention to the guy. The guy could have been there or not. He just blows him away. Yeah, it's so. like he did it intentionally to murder the guy, but he didn't, yeah, he didn't notice him. He didn't care to even, you know, acknowledge his existence. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> like that, you know, he's also telling, he's like, he said, uh, I don't want the Namekian your, or your help. I don't need any of it. It's like, you, you're just as arrogant. And you've been, you, you know the power level of these people. You know that they'd be able to help you greatly. Mm-hmm. And eighteen even says that he or seventeen even believe, says I don't think eighteen could take all of them on at once. Yeah, that that was interesting that she thought that maybe outnumbered she can't take them on, which is why he interfered because it's because he he took them all pretty much like one or two hits. 
So they didn't pose a problem, but uh, yes, I guess one on one. I guess if, if their attention was split, because I remember it's it's sort of complicated the way the fight works out because Piccolo goes down first against Seventeen, and then he wakes up to see uh, Tien being choked, so he goes to try to save him. And I remember like Eighteen took out Vegeta and Trunks in one blow because she kind of slams one into the other. So like, they're sort of they're sort of like like divided and conquered, I suppose. Um, I suppose it's a good way to fight the Z fighters if you're sort of outnumbered. <laughs> Krillin doesn't do anything. So. <laughs> I love that he tries though. Like he or he he says, you know, I'm going to go down with the fight. So he he's not pulling like a Yajirobe. a Yajirobe or even a uh, uh, Yamcha, who's you know, <laughs> oh, no, I can't fight him again. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know go out fighting, and they he don't fight, fight him. <laughs> He fires the ball. Yeah, it would be completely pointless. Actually, it would have been kind of funny seeing like, like a, a cartoon like a fight cloud. Like, like they're all just beating up Krill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was kind of cool. I mean, I thought it was. It actually did make them more intimidating because Krill is the weakest, I believe, out of out of the bunch. At least he should be. And um, having him just kind of sit back and watch you know, ho- hopelessly. It says, I can't do anything. Like, like they're way too strong. A, a Super Saiyan down in one hit. Oh, my God. And he apologizes later on. Piccolo says, ah, don't worry. You would have been useless. Oh, well, thanks, Piccolo. Piccolo's like, no offense, but you would have been useless. <laughs> it's like, oh, Piccolo. Piccolo's so observant. I love, I love the, how the characters kind of know the, know the genre of the, what they're in. Like, you know, don't worry, Krillin. You wouldn't have done crap. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, Piccolo's the only one to uh, realize that Vegeta's losing. When Trunks is all happy about it. No, he's going to lose. That was kind of nice too, because it showed Trunks's, you know, sort of inexperience with, you know, kind of fighting with the team. He seen, he assumes that because he's never seen his father fight before, that Vegeta has a upper hand. But Piccolo's experience shows no, he's he's actually losing, uh, whether he can recognize it or not. That was kind of cool. And because Trunks typically through these episodes, I mean, he's sort of emotional towards the androids, but because of his power, he's usually he usually is on the right side of things to do, but here he kind of jumps the gun. You know, his, his youth and his inexperience kind of... Because, like, Piccolo, I think, even... I think Piccolo even Tien, you know, sort of reprimand him, saying, idiot, he shouldn't have done that when they chase after him. Yeah, and I like that, he, you know, he does show admiration for his father. You know, yeah, because no, in this instance, this is what Vegeta does best, is fight. Yes. And, you know, he's like, he's going to win. And when he, when he jets off after, you know, being soundly defeated... Uh, uh, I believe it's Krillin says, oh, you know, Vegeta's been embarrassed and beaten by a girl. Like, they, you know, he's going to train his hardest so he can beat them again. You know, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And Trunks is just, like, smiling, like, yeah, you know, yeah, my dad. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's kind of sad that that's all he can, that's the one aspect he can feel proud about his dad on. Yeah, Trunks has some interesting interactions with his parents from the past in these episodes. Because he's getting beat up because of his father. And, like, he just kind of runs around with, with his, you know, really annoying mother. <laughs> and grandmother, too. Oh, yeah. There's a nice quote at the beginning. I think when um, Gohan drops them off at Bulma's house, like, he says, Bulma's mom is sure strange sometimes. Oh, yeah. Gohan drops them off, and she's like, do you want cookies? And Yajirobe's, of course, like, don't ruin this. We need cookies. Oh, uh, yeah. At that point, I was like, just, just go, kid. And he leaves, and, like, in mid-flight, you can, like, hear his thoughts. He goes, Bulma's mom is sure strange. And then he continues on thinking about, you know, what's precedent. But that that definitely requires a thought bubble there. Bulma's mom, so strange. She's like, she's out sunbathing or something? I don't even know what she's doing. She's just sitting on the grass, like, in a lounge chair. Yeah, I don't know if Bulma actually told her what actually, what was supposed to go down that day. Because, like, she has, like, there's no no hurry in the world. 
Because like Goku shows up to play saying, "I need a I need a spaceship to get into space to go to Namek," and like she says, "Oh, well, why don't you stay and eat and talk and waste my time?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Um, what did you think about? What did you think about the? Um, now this is pretty much the only real. Well, I guess besides the end, like the major fight in these episodes, because usually when we talk about these episodes, it's basically either you know fight is like half of it, and then like the rest of half is sort of like exposition and moving on to the next scenario. What did you think about like the aftermath of the fight where we see Piccolo kind of freak out on Krillin, Chunks, and Tien, and. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing with Piccolo and Kami I found was really interesting. What, what, what were you thinking? Oh, I love their interactions, but yeah, when, uh, when Piccolo's trying to convince himself that he's still trying to take over the world, <laughs> I love it. I was like, no, Piccolo, you're not, buddy. You're trying too hard. Even Krillin calls him out on it, or, you know, calls him out on it to uh, Tien. Tien, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, and Krillin says, oh, well, he, you know, Piccolo has his pride also. Yeah, he, he, want, he wants to be the strongest, just like Vegeta and Goku do. You know, he he ain't me evil, but he still has his own pride, which is good. I, I like the fact that Tien says, "Oh, that's right, he's still a bad guy," because Tien, like, was 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 very prevalent in the in the original Piccolo saga. So he probably would have said, "Yeah, Piccolo is evil." Isn't he? Yeah, and I think he's had you know some of the least interactions with him so far in the series. Correct. Yeah, he's only he's only been with him uh, in the Saiyan fight and then this. So he wouldn't he wouldn't be with there when Piccolo does all the good stuff. So he would know. And I like that you know when he gets gets to up to Kami. I think Kami mentions to Popo that he's not the same. Yes. So I think something about like the evil in his heart's not there as much. And uh, it's I think it's it's cool seeing both of them kind of because you don't see I don't I don't know if you see a lot of them. Square I can't, off. Yeah, I can't I can't think of a lot of them. Uh, like scenes with them in the past so far. Besides, you know, you said that Piccolo and I guess his father kind of despised Kami. Yeah, we might as well talk about it now because this is the last appearance of Kami we'll ever see, um, which is which is a, a mile, honestly a real milestone in Dragon Ball because in the, the the last third of Dragon Ball, he's a major character. Uh, Piccolo just despises him. Like, he absolutely, like, in the World Martial Arts Tournament, like, Piccolo just couldn't stand him and uh, Kami actually sent Goku to the, to the Martial Arts Tournament to take out Piccolo because he couldn't do it himself. And, um, I mean, we see the dead zone a little bit. Like, uh, just um, I, I remember um, there's a part where they think they've beaten Garlic Jr. and Kami's going to come in and pick up. He says, "Stay away from me, old man. Goku and I have some business to settle." Like he really hates him. Even if he's a good guy, he hates him. And like I don't know whether it's because he's sort of like the older pacifist version of Piccolo that Piccolo actually doesn't like. Because Piccolo is still, even though he's still a good, even though he's a good guy now, he's still a badass. He's, he still isn't like you know, like he's not like Krillin. <laughs> yeah, he's not like friendly to anybody. <laughs> right. Sort of like he 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 does he does have you know his darker moments. So he just I I really like the idea that Piccolo just hates this guy who's himself. It's a real like it's, and it's an identity crisis in, in like you know every aspect of the word of the phrase. Um, I thought the, I thought the introduction to the uh, to the fusing element was interesting here because it makes sense because after they found that they, after all those years of training they can't beat the androids, they really don't have any other options left to kind of you know. They, they're kind of lucky that they've not been killed, but they need some insurance, so it made sense that Piccolo would sort of be desperate enough to, to do that. So I like that he, you know, he's telling, he's telling Tommy about it. He's like, okay, yes, this merger. And he's like, no, it's not a merger. I'm going to absorb you. <laughs> and Popo's like, oh. Popo's crying and stuff. He's like, yes, you'll, want, you'll, you'll gain my strength and my hard-won knowledge in this. Um, and we'll talk more about that fusion in um, the next set of episodes. Um, what did you, what did you think about the kiss between uh eighteen and Krillin? 
that was about as abrupt as uh, <laughs> trunks being born. I'm like, okay, that's kind of nowhere. <laughs> There's a lot of shipping and romance in this in this saga. <laughs> I'm like, I guess I, I I'm just thinking like, what? Okay, what about Krillin would attract her to, at all? <laughs> A very good question. The, oh, that guy stayed out of the fight and hit and he's a complete coward and he's bald. <laughs> he's bald and he's like three foot four. <laughs> he's bald and short and cowardly. He's like the George Costanza of the of the DBZ group. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I remember when this episode first came out on um in America because the, the DVDs, the the dub DVDs came out before it aired on Toonami. So one of the DVD covers for the Android Saga, which was it hadn't aired on television at that point. It was the image of 18 kissing Krillin. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, you know, is she, like, going to eat him or what? <laughs> uh, that's great fun. But, but this actually turns into a, a, an ongoing subplot in the saga with Krillin fantasizing about her. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> while going to get Goku, you know, on this mission, he takes time out of the day to, to stop and just daydream about it. I'm like, really, Krillin? Oh, man. Oh, he's what? desperate for some tail. Android tail. <sighs> Android. Well, it's funny because I remember, like, when, when she kisses him and they fly off, he like, actually stares off for several minutes. And, just, and like, I, I suppose in the background you hear them groaning, like, oh, oh, yeah, I must give them sister to me so they'll live. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, my friend's over there. <laughs> and he still considers whether or not to give Vegeta a sensu bean. Yeah, I thought it was a little douchey. It's like, you know, come on. I mean, granted, Vegeta is a douche. But he's like, I suppose I should, you know, not let him live with, you know, two broken arms. I guess it's fair. Uh... It's great fun. These are these are funny characters. See, this this series can survive without Goku. He's not he's nowhere near these episodes. And like, we're doing just fine. <laughs> the hijinks with Krillin and Piccolo and Vegeta. I thought it was interesting that Tien was like, "All right, I'm gonna go train with Chaozu." Really? Because that's gonna help you all that much, like Chaozu. Yeah, you, you could probably train with train with Krillin and Yamcha. You would be a better training partner, but whatever. I suppose because he does love the guy. Um, platonically otherwise i don't know but like you know he he doesn't he doesn't he, i know in the manga he says i should probably check in with chaozu he might be worried so whatever the reason he wants to see him and we've not seen chaozu at all this this saga yeah, um, chaozu knows when to stand stay down and stay out of it he doesn't want to be driven to the point of suicide again <laughs> <laughs> like, oh i can't take it anymore <sighs> oh man <laughs> what do you think about the idea that Piccolo might become a super Namek. Do you think that's a little too derivative, or is that kind of cool? No, I like I like it. I think the I think Krillin's phrasing would I kind of just saw it as you know oh I'm gonna relate it to Saiyans like okay uh, you know like a super Namekian. It's just based on like, an increase in power level, mm-hmm. like you know probably a substantial increase in power level, mm-hmm. as long as you know he's not his skin's not turning like gold. Yeah, no, I was about to say, because I remember um, that was one of the things that I, somebody had told me before I saw the episode that eventually super, uh, Piccolo becomes a super Namek. And I was like, I mean, as a kid, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And in retrospect, it sounds, that's, that's a little bit too, um, that's a little bit too, at, at least in terms of, well, it sounds derivative, but it really is, I love how, I love the turnout, so. Yeah, just, plus it's, I mean, it's it's a completely different process than turning, like, Super Saiyan, and it's not like a temporary power boost. Like you, you go into Super Saiyan mode. Like right, after correct. This, he will just be permanently more powerful. You know. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more. I mean, I think you take it more seriously because what we saw with Nail and the fact that Kami, the original Namekian that was Kami, was so powerful that like he could have laid waste to the to the Saiyans and maybe even Frieza, and that 
it is it is it, there's a lot more legacy and weight to this than like sort of you know the super saiyan the strongest thing in, in the universe which may or may not be true and a clownish android can beat him up <laughs> who knows um i only have one more uh uh note and that's that in the in the dub that I saw, uh, Yamcha calls Trunks Future Trunks, <laughs> which was weird. When they opened the door, he's like, "Hey, Future Trunks, what's going on?" So oh was, yeah, he did, didn't he? Well, just they've—I've never ever seen in the actual series them referred. It's always a fan name. So having having Yamcha call him that, like, if you ever found a person in real life, like in, in um, I'll, I'll mention the uh, the Back to the Future movies. I've actually seen the second and third one by now. Uh, if like. They ever went to like and say, "Hey, f- it's future Doc." <laughs> What's going future on? Doc, <laughs> future Marty McFly. I just, I just find that really funny. So I actually like that they put that in there for no reason. Yeah, it's it's one of those instances of, I guess, a name to avoid confusion that fans have created becoming like, right? Yeah, it's like seeping into the story itself. Oh uh, yeah, and oh, uh, I think that's a good that's a good uh, uh, cliffhanger for the next few episodes in terms of confusion. But uh, do you have anything else on these set of episodes? Nope, that's that's about it. All right, we'll uh, take a promo break and uh, we'll finish off with some really interesting things to talk about. Hey, kids, comics. Hey, Michael. Yeah. We need to do a new promo. A new one. A new one. Why? Because we've moved. 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 We've moved to a new place. We still read comics. We do. We still talk about comics. Because you can't do a comic book podcast unless you read and talk about comics, because that's kind of stupid. But now, we have a new episode still available every Thursday, but at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Hey Kids Comics! So remember, Hey Kids Comics has moved to twotruefreaks.libson.com. Still, every Thursday. That'll do, won't it? Ready to form Voltron! This is a job for Superman! Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! Hello. I'm the Doctor. Charlie's Geek Cast. Coming January 1st, 2013 to www.charliesgeekcast.com so what's our next move hey don't look at me I don't have the slightest clue this may sound crazy but here's a thought (laughs) well since I know where Dr. Giro's secret lab is why not travel back to before the androids are activated I could try to destroy them while they're still dormant all at once of course that'd totally work right yeah but Stop me if I'm wrong here, Trunks, but I thought your time machine wasn't all that precise. Besides, like you told Goku, traveling back and forth through time takes so much energy you'd have a tough time getting enough for a round trip, right? So if you jump into the past again, there's no guarantee that you'll make it back to your time. Good point. But if you could actually go back and destroy the androids in the past, what would happen to the ones that are already here? In our present, I mean. Would they all just disappear or something? Or would it be more like they... Well, like they never existed? Huh? Wait, 
That's right. It couldn't work. If I went back to before the androids were created and stopped Dr. Giroux from making them, it'd alter the course of that timeline, but it wouldn't change a thing about the timeline they've already become a part of. They'd still be here. I'm not following you. Well, uh, let's see. Okay, take Goku, for example. The medicine I brought from the future saved his life here, in your present. That created a future for you, where he survives longer than he would have if I'd never shown up to give him the medicine. But in the future where I came from, Goku's been dead for a long time. Nothing I've done here has changed that fact. An alternate future exists for you guys now, but that's it. Okay, wait. My head's spinning. So by that logic, the future you came from stays the same no matter what you do. Even if Goku does somehow defeat the androids here, they'll still be running wild in your own time? That's right. But then why go through all the trouble of coming here in the first place? The world where you're from wouldn't reap any of the benefit. <laughs> My mom said... that she was done. Done living in a world without any hope because of the androids. Any future where they didn't exist was good enough for her, even if she couldn't live in it herself. Of course, recon was the primary objective. She thought we might find some weakness to exploit by watching Goku fight them. And if that wasn't enough, I was supposed to bring him back to our time for a face-off with the androids there. And we are back. So we, we cut to the scene in the 576 Capsule Corp Helicarrier, as is the title on the, on the doors. So we have Yamcha, Krillin, Gohan, Trunks, Chi-Chi, and Goku. And they're sort of, you know, at this point right now, it's sort of, they're all sort of wondering what they're going to do. You know, the androids are stronger than them and they're dangerous, but they're not killing you by just yet, but they need a plan. And Goku won't be up for about 10 days. So Trunks says, okay guys, how about this? What if I hopped into my time machine, went back, because I now know where Dr. Joe's lab is, and stopped him from, from creating the androids, you know, before they were, they were ever released? Krillin at first says, I thought you said that the time machine only had enough energy for a few chirps. Do you think that you would be able to, to, to pull that off? And Trunk says, oh, that's a good point, I don't know. Gohan brings up, you know, okay, so if you did do this, and you destroyed the androids before they were activated, would that make our androids just disappear? Like, what happened? Would they blip out of existence? And Trunks says, you're right. You're absolutely right. Nothing would, nothing would change. That future's androids would, would cease to be, but you know, your androids would still exist. And at this point, <laughs> everything's too, too confusing. So Trunks says, okay, this is, this is the scenario for time traveling. For instance, in, my, uh, in your timeline, I, was managing, I managed to give you the antidote to save Goku's life. So he's still alive right now. But in my timeline, Goku's been dead for 20 years. If I go back in change another timeline's history, that timeline's history will change into a different timeline, but our current history won't change at all. So, um, so if even the androids were de defeated now, Trunks' androids wouldn't be defeated at all. And Yamcha asked a very logical question, okay, if that's true, what was the point of coming back in time in the first place? <laughs> if nothing was going to happen. So, uh, Trunks has a Vietnam flashback. <laughs> I know, it's so horrible. It's like Scorched earth, <laughs> bodies everywhere. It reminded me like Principal Skinner in those jokes. Like he walks to the to the glass and like, like my mother, my mother promised me <laughs> that um basically the idea was that Bulma, future Bulma, was really tired of living in a world ravaged by the androids. So she wanted there's several explanations for this. Either she wanted a timeline where the androids didn't exist, or wanted to save Goku and have them find out a weakness for the androids, or to have 
Goku beat them and find out a way to defeat the androids that way. Or if that didn't work, they would bring Goku back to their own timeline. Which is confusing. Which, um, the last bit, when he explains it, he's kind of like, oh, sorry, like, w was that the intent all along, to keep Goku healthy and bring him back to his timeline? To fight him? Because he's like, okay, were you trying to, like, hide that from everybody else? That's yeah, what that I was, gathered. I'm, I'm going to go through this real quick, because there's so many questions we get into. Like, there really are. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of strange things, which, in, which ends on a very eerie flashback that Chunks has with his original androids. So, Chunks says... What's wrong? I don't understand what's going on anymore. The timing of Goku's illness is completely different. There are three androids, and these androids are way stronger than my androids. I could put up a decent fight, even though I couldn't defeat them. But these androids are so much more powerful. They took me down immediately, and I was a Super Saiyan. Have I destroyed time this much with my going back and forth? And Chi-Chi, you know, reassures him, saying, Don't worry, you saved my husband, you know. Everything will turn out right. I just knows it. So, uh, that's a nice scene. We cut to Vegeta emoing it up. <laughs> like... He's in the middle of nowhere, turns into a Super Saiyan, screams, and from the rain comes, you know, clear blue skies as he changes the weather through, due to his anger. <laughs> as Android 18's voice is, you know, going over and over his head, you know, he's, I will not suffer this indignation! I will go beyond the Super Saiyan, I will surpass my enemies, and then Kakarot, you'll be next. So Vegeta, Vegeta's on rerun for a little bit. Eventually, uh, they're going, they decide to call Bulma. Bulma is, you know, she's on speaker, she's screaming because she's Bulma. Says, hey, okay, hey, listen to this. So, about an hour ago, there was a person who called the Capsule Corp Corporation saying that they wanted to talk about this uh, this vehicle that was in the middle of nowhere. And they just tried to describe it, but we, we didn't have that vehicle in any of our files. But he says that the Capsule Corp name was on it. So, we asked him to take a picture of it, and they faxed it along to our company. And they, uh, it looks just like a certain thing that you guys should see. So they faxed that picture along to the helicarrier. I don't know if that's actually possible currently, but this is a fiction, fictional story. Wi-Fi. Uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi, exactly. So Chunks takes a look at the picture, and it's his time machine! Woo! And his time machine aged several years. It's completely destroyed. There's a hole in the middle. It's full of moss, and it looks very, very desiccated. Trunks freaks out and says, dude, where's my car? It <laughs> um, says, this is impossible. My time machine is right here. Because he has it in capsule form in his jacket. He always kept, kept it on him. So, Trunks says, I gotta get to the bottom of this right now. Tell me where the time machine is located. So he, Bulma, and Gohan, for some reason, are going to investigate the mysterious second time machine. Gohan, who's been studying, studying this entire time. <laughs> Uh, I, like, I like the fact that he tries to, 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 be, to be in the in the conversation, and Chi Chi keeps on like pulling his face back to his books. <laughs> like stopping it. That was that was, that was, that was he, he is like the most contributing to the conversation. Yeah, they, <laughs> we would never have the entire alternate timeline discussion if Johan had an input. But Chi Chi's like, no, stop it. <laughs> no, no, stop being too smart. <laughs> stop, stop continuing the plot. So, um, the three find the three touch down and find the time machine. And they go over to investigate. Uh, Trunks pulls out his, his actual time machine. Which is, you know, it looks n brand new compared to this older time machine. It looks fine. And there's even an inscription in it, which he wrote the day he left to, to find Goku and defeat Frieza. Which has the word hope written in English <laughs> with two exclamation points. So they investigate inside the time machine where it looks like something blew out of the glass. The glass is sort of cracked and melted and rusted. And inside this, the, 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 um, the cockpit is this weird purple shell, sort of this little weird-looking cocoon. So it doesn't look like some sort of plant life or any animal life, so that's really odd, and clearly whatever was in that or whatever put that in there must have used the time machine. 
And so Trunks checks the, the date on the time machine, you know, to add to the Back to the Future analogies. And uh, this is where it gets a little weird. because The time machine apparently uh, was set three years back in the past, but it's actually been in the current present and its current state for the last four years. So this time machine has been in the current present timeline a whole year before Tr Trunks even got there. So maybe this time machine was the one that's messing with the future. We cut a quick scene back to Kami's tower where Piccolo is saying, are you continuing to waste time? And Kami's, Kami is actually looking into the scene with the time machine saying, maybe this is the reason why I felt this foreboding energy four years ago in the past. Th there will be an evil the likes of which the Earth has never seen before. So we cut back to the nerds. And they're, t they're checking out uh, every, every um, speck of the time machine. And they're, they're talking about how they had to move Goku to another location because androids coming to kill him. And as they're walking around, they see a giant, bug-looking shell of a cicada. Uh, it's like a brown, ugly-looking thing, which looks like it's dead, but it's actually not a thing at all. It's basically a shelled skin. Like an exoskeleton, yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah I was looking for that word, an exoskeleton. It's like so molted and something obviously like climbed out of it. It's really, really creepy. Oh, and so, the eyes are like still bright red, though. It's, yeah, it's weird. They walk towards it. Trunks, you know, says, What does this thing do? And sticks his hands inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, pulls out, like, you know, it's this orange, no, it's this purple pinkish goop. You know, sort of like, you know, this, I don't know what it is, this sort of like DNA plasma on his hands. He says, This is still warm. It hasn't been here long. So Bulma runs away. <laughs> and um, they all decide to, you know, they all decide to try to figure out what this, what this may mean. So. Bulma flies away saying, hey, uh, say hi to your grandparents sometime. Well, Gohan and Trunks fly back to the Master Roshi's Kami house to figure out what to do then. Um, it is at this point where, as Bulma's flying in her uh, sort of, you know, air aircraft, she's listening to the radio, and the radio is interrupted by a news report of uh, current activities in Gingertown. And in Gingertown, which is a city close to West City, which... Uh, With no redheads. No, <laughs> no redheads, of course. Uh, populated by 15,000 people. All of a sudden, all communications have been lost. There is no signs of life anywhere, and it's completely... <laughs> it's plasma. It's completely silent. There's, there's no response. There is no sign that anything had ever lived there. And so it's really, really creepy. So she calls the Kami house, saying, Krillin, turn on the TV and go to the nearest news station, channel 800-something, I forgot what it was, which is an odd news channel. So while Krillin, Yamcha, Master Roshi, and Oolong are all watching the news, uh, we see a reporter there investigate uh, scenes at Gingertown where you see signs of a struggle, but the only sign that anybody was ever there is that there are weird clothes all around the place, like on the streets and everything. So whatever was, th whatever was there, it basically took everybody out of their clothing. Are you picking that up? Something is happening. People are screaming, but we can't see them from here. And now gunfire. I, I hear screaming and gunfire. It's coming from the direction where the police officers and detectives had gone to investigate. <sighs> and now, ominous silence. All right, viewers, we're going to go in there as close as we can to see if... <laughs> Krillin thinks it's the androids, but Boma's not too sure, and she thinks that Chunks and Gohan will agree with her. At this point, Gohan and Chunks go back to the Kami house, and they look at the scene... So they're watching the news report, and the news reporter is trying to get into uh, closer because they hear gunfire, and they hear the fact that people are actually still in Gingertown, but they're trying to figure out what's, what it is. 
But then the news reporter like takes a look at his camera, and then the entire screen goes blank. So um, something must have happened. So they change to another channel, and a camera is like upside down on the ground as you hear screams in the background. It's really freaking creepy. <laughs> so at this point, we cut back to the Kami Tower. Kami's saying, "Okay, no, no more waiting. The time has come. You and I must become one, so you can, fi- so we can fight this new enemy." So Piccolo says, "All right, it took you long enough." So, without further ado, Piccolo puts his hand on Kami's chest, just like he did with, with uh, Nail. Kami screams at the top of his lungs and starts to glow, even freaking Piccolo out. And the, the two of them scream as this blinding light just encompasses everything around them. And as Popo opens his eyes, he sees Piccolo standing there, um, just, you know, kind of just standing straight and looking, looking very, looking very determined. So, Piccolo, uh, so Popo says, please, Kami, take care of yourself. Piccolo says, I am neither Kami nor Piccolo. I am a Namekian who has long since forgotten his true name. And now I must go. Farewell. And he jumps off the tower and flies away. Meanwhile, back at the Kami house, Trunks decides he's going to investigate. Gohan wants to be his sidekick and tag along with him, but Chi-Chi says, hell no. And uh, <laughs> Trunks says, don't worry, I'm a Super Saiyan. And nothing can kill a Super Saiyan, of course, except for an android. So, um, so he flies off. Piccolo quickly gets to Gingertown. And um, looks around and hears footsteps. So he turns around and says, there you are, you freak of nature. And he's taken aback because we see a really tall, big, sort of skinny looking reptilian monster with sort of a, an orange codpiece, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Uh, orange codpiece that's also on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like a black emerald on his forehead and his chest. Uh, black part of his neck, reptilian spots all over, these weird insect cat eyes, this big bulbous basketball looking thing on the back of his skull, codpiece on codpiece area and face, and three fingers with a long tail. And wings. Yeah, yeah, he has has, uh, green and black Beetle-shaped wings, wings, yeah. He's very reptilian slash insectoid slash alien looking slash... I don't know. Yeah, he's he's very much an omogram of of a bunch of different things. Absolutely, he's very very distinct. <laughs> he doesn't like anything they've ever fought before, or really anything ever seen in Dragon Ball. <laughs> and he has he has he has an old man with him. So um, this man sees Piccolo and says, "Hey, help me out here, please! I'm the richest man in Ginger Town. Please, if you help me out, I'll make you a rich man." So Piccolo says, "I don't know if you understand me, but let him go." Every life is worth something, even as even as useless as his. So the creature drops the guy. The guy begins to crawl away, and the creature stabs him in the back with his long tail, which has a big, like you know, kind of cap-looking point at the end of it. And uh, <laughs> this guy proceeds to like melt and regress and just ah. ultimately into nothing, and only his clothes are there. Uh, yeah, very, like he shrivels up essentially. Yeah, this man like shrivels up and like you know. The whole reason he is is because the, the the tail is like pumping things into the creature's being. So he's literally he's being absorbed in the most literal way, the most creepy, disgusting, nasty way. So the guy disappears, and we see like why everybody's clothes are gone because that's this must have happened to them. And the creature says, "You're next, Demon King Piccolo." And Piccolo's taking back, like, "Where do you hear that name? Who are you?" And the creature starts to pose and power up and says. I am your brother. What? <laughs> so, um, as he's powering up, every Z fighter on the planet has now recognized his energy because in energy they've, they've all remembered and felt at one point or another. Because Yamcha, Krillin, and 
Gohan all run outside the house and say, we've all felt that energy before. It's Frieza! Frieza and his father! Trunks, who's in the middle of flying, says, I feel my father's energy. Piccolo's, Frieza's, and Goku's. Goku, Gohan is like, you know, completely taken aback. So he, he follows him and says, I don't understand. My father's sleeping. What's going on? He's not fighting. This is all coming from Ginger Town. So the creature it finishes powering up and, and, um, and says, uh, and Piccolo says, what, what the hell are you? I don't need to tell you anything. I don't talk to my food. And um, Piccolo says, oh, well, I guess I'll have to, you know, find out. I guess I'll never have to find out who you are after I kill you. Ha, ha, ha. The Demon King kill me. Hard to believe. So Piccolo uh, puts it on his own pose, powers up, and sinks down to the ground because everything in the city is engulfed in energy and light because Piccolo is so badass. <laughs> he says, I'm sorry, but when you addressed me as Piccolo, that was the wrong name. You've got the wrong man. And so the creature says, if you're not Piccolo, then who are you? Wouldn't you like to know? So the battle is on. Piccolo has him at a disadvantage and stays one step ahead of him because he's too fast and too strong. Eventually, uh, he, uh, the creature is knocked to the ground and flies up in the air. Piccolo and the creature have a standoff. And then the creature puts two fingers to his forehead in a very familiar fashion. And then points his fingers at Piccolo and fires off the special beam can. <laughs> or the uh, Makan Kosapu. Uh, Piccolo uh, just knocks it. Piccolo just knocks it away. Out of, I love how it just bounces off of him. <laughs> he says, "That that was that was mine." And the, the creature attacks him, and Piccolo manages to um, to knock him back. So Piccolo has a strength advantage, which the creature uh, recognizes and says, "You are strong, stronger than I thought." But I bet you don't know this. So he uh, bends his legs, poses his arms out in front of him, and has a very familiar pose, as he says. Ka me ha me, and fires the Kamehame blast right at Piccolo, which uh, gives off more of Goku's energy. Piccolo manages to dodge it, uh, but the creature catches him in midair and um, stabs him with his tail, beginning to absorb him. Piccolo screams out in pain, and, and we actually see Kami scream out in pain too. <laughs> it hurts that much. So um, Piccolo headbutts him, flies back down. And before uh, he can do anything else, we see that the arm that, that has been absorbed is completely shriveled up like a raisin. It's like yellow. Yeah, <laughs> all the color is gone. So um, Piccolo says, I'm defeated. I'm useless. I'm nothing without my left arm, as the Saiyan saga told you. <laughs> so um, it says, before, I, before you absorb me, before I die, I must know, who are you? Why can I sense Goku's energy and Frieza and Vegeta's? So the creature says, ha, ha, ha. Okay, I suppose before you die, I'll tell you about my master plan. My name is Cell, and I am an android. To be continued. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was a lot of crap happened, man. What, what, what were you thinking just in general about the twists and turns in these episodes? Uh, these episodes are going on in a very nice clip. Um, not necessarily predictable, but no, oh, no. Following my uh, expectations, until the second ship appeared, and oh, yeah. I kind of perked up and I was like, "All right, what's this about?" Uh, well, once I started mentioning time travel, the nerd in me was like, "Oh yeah, awesome. Okay, we're gonna go in detail about this." And they're like, "This this ship has appeared. You know, been here for four years." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and yeah, from there it just zags all over the place, and I fell in love. I'm loving it so far. 
this stuff, like, it just, every convention you had, like, where this story might be going, just, yeah, off the rails. Like, what what's going to happen? I have no idea at this point. So, the, yeah, like, you know, you were describing earlier, the very original-looking bug reptile android, apparently. It's like, what is this guy? What? There's so many questions. Uh, yeah, he, he, so we know so far that he's apparently from the future, mm-hmm. that he somehow got Trunks's time capsule, mm-hmm. and has been in the past for four years, longer than Trunks has. Yes. That doesn't explain anything. It's like, okay, <laughs> how did he get the ship? Like, you know, why didn't Trunks have the ship? It's, yeah, oh. and then, you know, you had Piccolo going after him, which I just thought was awesome. He addresses Piccolo by his old, you know, his, his title, King, the Demon King Piccolo. Oh, yes. And, yeah, he has all these different signatures, you know, power signatures. It's, uh, it's just, it blew my mind, man. It really did. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you think that way, because this is, uh, this is the best Dragon Ball Z has ever been up to, up to this point. And I think this is some of the best that we will ever see out of the series. This is some of the tightest, most compelling, mysterious, and, and, you know, just coldest writing I've ever seen Toriyama put out there. It's so cool. Like, I, like just how you said, once you see the time machine, the story com- becomes completely unpredictable. You I mean, to- I honestly expected it to, okay, you know, this is going to get padded out, and Goku's going to come back and defeat the androids. Okay, that's it. It goes completely, yeah. Left turn, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did not expect it at all. Loving it. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's just, it's really fun because, like, it just introduces a mystery. And I think that, like, uh, this sort of goes back to um, the original problem with the, the series in terms of, like, the villains because we had 19 and 20, then Android 16, 17, 18. Like, the plot kind of presents itself very, very. Uh, uh, very immediately. So the, so the tension at first is, you know, just save Goku from the androids and wait till he wakes up so he can beat them. And I think that, like, Toriyama may have just recognized that that's not a compelling enough plot that might be helped by the fact that his editors didn't like uh, 17 and 18 as, as the villains, which which they said, you know, make another villain. And um, I think I think, I think think it's kind of apparent in, the, in watching the series and reading the series that once Toriyama got those instructions, he sort of, like, kind of gave the plot room to breathe. Because there's not a lot of fighting here, but I dare say, I dare say that, that, that these, these are some of the best episodes anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is a very good example of when people level the complaint that, oh, I mean, it's all fighting, 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 waiting, fighting, 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 waiting. Well, no, because, I mean, these episodes are fighting, but that's definitely not the focal point of this, this piece right here. Right. You know, I think the, the climax of, the, of these episodes that we reviewed would be, like, locating the spaceship. You know, that's when, uh, you know, everything starts, the story starts falling into place and events start moving along. I know. It's just like, because I mean, we've, we've had this, like, you know, why is the heart virus different? Why is there more androids? It's sort of like, you know, okay, time's messed up. When we see, not only do we see another time machine, but we see, like, it's a completely different time machine. It's not Trunks's. And it's, you know, it's messed up. It's been there, it's been there longer than he has, like... It's like, you know, it's not just the simple oh, t- Trunks killed Freeza, so time's different. It's like, you know, something else is going on, and they have no idea what it is. It's like, the entire story just gets completely upended, and it's brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, just, just, I'm just trying not to uh, just gush over this whole time machine thing. 
what I would like to talk about is the whole aspect of time travel in Dragon Ball Z because we kind of have the characters just discuss it in the air ca- in the helicarrier. Like, what do you think of the idea that like like now that we sort of know the nature of it at least a, l- a little a little bit better than we did before, the idea that whatever happens in one timeline doesn't actually affect a previous timeline. <laughs> yeah, that's the I guess the quote unquote safest way to do time travel in fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way a lot of comic books would do it. So that you're not, you know, avoiding natural paradoxes as much. You get you get tangential timelines that are results of changes made and not necessarily, you know, like redundancies. Because obviously, like, yeah, if if Trunks were to go back in time and stop the androids, he would never have a reason to go back in time originally, and he would cease to exist, and the whole thing is a big headache. Absolutely. You know, with this way to do it, you know... It's it's also more poignant for Boma's character, future Boma, Foma, and uh, <laughs> future Trunks oh, yeah. to be sent back in time. I mean, yeah, you could say he he could he would hope to get Goku to come in time and help him, but Boma just wants a time a time frame that or a timeline that doesn't have the androids winning. You know, it's it's no direct uh, benefit to her. It's a very altruistic uh, wish and mission to undertake. Very out of character for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like Boma, what? In a good way. So already, I like future Boma more than I do normal Boma. Oh yeah, how can you not? She's she's not raining. I mean, even when Trunks says, "Oh yeah, she still has a temper in my time." I mean, it's hard not to have a temper when your when your world's destroyed. Trunks says that like their population in the future is like down to thousands. So that's really horrible. But um, it's really cool that like I think to me it's just because like you know I think to me. When they when you introduce the possibility of time changing, it's hard to take. It's immediately hard to take the series at its own word because we just went on the assumption that uh, you know once Trunks came back in time, saw number nineteen's head, said this is not the right android, that time had just you know been upended. But to me, it's like okay, if one timeline is added on to another timeline that's changed by traveling back in time, who's to say that like this? I mean, and this is all like you know sort of off the cuff fan theory. Who is it say that this is even the same Trunks that came back in time and killed Frieza? Because you have Trunks come back in time, say, okay, Goku, fight 19 and 20 in three years from the future, and I'll be back to help you. And then you have Trunks come back and say, these aren't the androids. Why are there three more androids? It's like, was that the same Trunks? You know, is yeah, it could be completely different. Because he, yeah, he fights Frieza, and he goes away. But he, got, he I mean, we're, we're to assume he goes back to his time. Right. And then comes back at his, uh, I mean, he... If it were the same, he could literally just jump in his high machine and move up three years. Yeah, I, n- I never know if he just goes back to his own timeline or if he, like, just... Uh, if the Trunks, like you were seeing now, had just co- arrived from talking to Goku. Yeah, like, with his time, there's no elapse because that's the that's you know, one of the things about time travel. He doesn't necessarily have to wait three years. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They mentioned that the time, the time machine takes a little bit to power up, but, like... It's like, you know, th- this could have been like a day or an hour from, from like, you know, him slicing Frieza in half. Or, as you said, it could be technically, like, maybe a completely different Trunks. Yeah, like, like a, a whole new, like, you know, the Trunks... That w- trunks that has different experiences from, from being from a different timeline than the one we saw originally. Right, he, he may have, like, he may have gone to tell Goku to save the androids, but... He, uh, again, you know, it goes back to I get this part, you know, because the plot was messed up. But, like, he says, you know, the wrong androids. The Trunks that... Uh, originally, you know, that says that you know these these are the wrong androids. He probably went he probably went to Goku and says you know watch out for seventeen and eighteen. 
comes back to our present timeline and says, why are they not fighting 17 and 18? I mean, it's it's really interesting the way you sort of think about all these certain things that sort of just pop up. It just presents so many different possibilities. I, I, I really like it. And it, it, it gets... Things are explained in the next episode, but it's still vague enough to where you have a lot to you have a lot to go on even after even after certain explanations are made. Like like some of the, some of the questions we're asking right now are never answered. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's just really really uh, cool and eerie. Like I mean, there's sort of there's sort of an uh, I, I I get sort of an uneasy tone from the conversation in the helicarrier where they're all kind of discussing time travel. It's probably because of. Might know what happens next, but it's also probably because it's it's um, it's punctuated by Trunks' really weird uh, flashback to where, you know, he's talking to his, his uh, mom. He sees all the refugees under underground. He runs into the androids who gun him down. <laughs> what is what is the, what did you think about that? It's it's like the Terminator flashback to the future, right? To an event that technically hasn't happened yet, and it it, it definitely kind of shows you where he's coming from, why his mission is so important. Because yeah, it's it's a global style threat, which is more we've more than we've seen in Dragon Ball, you know, Z to this point. Even Frieza, who's you know going to destroy the universe, which includes all life on Earth, you, you didn't see it hit home. You didn't see the planet and people living underground and the world population down to ten thousand. You know, absolutely. Yeah, just when you when you kind of put it like that way, it kind of reiterates this is. This is the darkest <laughs> the series has been to this point. I mean, Freeze yeah, Saga was much pretty more, dark. you know, quote unquote, a realistic or I guess personal approach when you actually see the damage is getting done. It's a lot more grounded, yeah. And yeah, and it's, you know, he even says these aren't the androids that are, you know, they weren't this powerful in my future. And you look at them and you're like, well, seventeen to eighteen, you know, they're carefree teenagers. How mm-hmm. could they be the ones doing this? Yeah, and and it's cool because like you know. Uh, we see, like, you know, they don't really, they don't really have any interest in taking over the world at this point, so, are they going to get that later on? Are they going to, you know, change their minds? Are they just playing the characters? It's, it's, there's, there is not, like, a lot of certainty. It's not, you know, like, Frieza, find them, stop them, get the Dragon Balls. It's, it's just like, you know, try to stay one step ahead and stay alive. And Plus, I, I, actually, I just realized, I do like that the Dragon Balls haven't even been mentioned in a long time. Other than, um... Krillin, you know, mentioned him, oh, if Kami dies, then, you know, right. you can't use him. Oh, well, that's the risk I'm willing to take. Oh, and what it was is that, like, uh, yeah, if Kami and Piccolo fuse, which they do, the Dragon Balls disappear. So the Dragon Balls are gone, actually. They don't actually bring that up, but, like, the Dragon Balls are, are legitimately no more. So it's it's nice to see the series kind of branch away from that crutch that was that you could have, you know. Yes. Could... They, they could just wish to, to... Eternal Dragon, please tell us what's going on. <laughs> Well, that doesn't happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just just one thing from the next, like the whole time traveling thing, um, the 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 time uh, the time machine. I don't remember. I don't remember my initial reaction to the time machine, just like because I had no idea. This is the point in the series where I knew they're androids. I knew that like eventually a cell shows up. I didn't know when. I didn't know he was this guy. But at this point, when I was watching it, I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Did you have any like immediate like guesses as to what the time machine might infer? No, I mean I I had heard of cell. Um, in a different form later on, like, or, you know, kind of tangentially, oh, there's a bad guy named Cell. Yes. Uh, I had no idea that he was, you know, apparently an android, or could channel everyone's power, or any any of that, other, you know, other than, like, his base look t- to him, you know, mm-hmm. and that he was a big bad that came later down the road. So Absolutely. when, and even, you know, even till he, pretty much till his 
reveal. I was like, oh, I think that's I think that's Cell. You know, even the bug. I was like, oh, oh. The, you know, the exoskeleton. I was like, all right, what is this? Oh yeah, no, I, there's no real clue to it. I, I think it's really cool how like he he, he did all, all these things. Like you know, he got out of the time machine. He's at the little cicada exoskeleton. He annihilated an entire city. And at that point, he's done all these things. You know, you're catching up with the actions, but you have no idea who it is or what he is. So it actually makes it even creepier. And I like that, uh, I find it interesting that Piccolo fuses with Kami. You know, co- you know, claims, oh, I'm a bad guy, and I'm not, I'm not going to be any, any better. I'm not going to be, we're not going to be merged. Uh, the first action he does is to go and basically stop this guy from destroying the city. A very heroic action. Yeah, I was, I was And, you know, that. he also... I mean, you know, he's got this guy by this this really douchey-looking dude who's like, oh, I'll pay you to help me. And Piccolo's like, yeah, you know, let him go. Everyone deserves life. Which doesn't sound like a very Piccolo-type statement to make. So Not it's like, all. clearly you can already see, or at least I can see, what could be conceived as or perceived as a an influence, you know, of Kami being there. I was going to say the exact same thing. Like, the first thing he says, you know, let him go. Every life is worth something, even as, even as annoying as this guy. Like, that Piccolo is a good guy, but I don't think he would care. But, like, Kami's influence is immediate. And, I mean, there's, there's no points for guessing. This is Piccolo, but he's definitely different. Because he says, you know, I'm not Piccolo. And eventually he kind of gives up and says, yeah, call me Piccolo. But um, it's, it's really cool how they kind of play that, like the original Namekian. The super Namekian, and like just that entire scene um, of him flying down in the in the in the empty city, and the shadows and the footsteps of Cell coming up, was some of the best like direction and I, I've seen the series do. It was so it was almost like kind of like a Wild Wild West kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, very you know, the two gunfighters and no no one else in the city. Absolutely. And I I actually thought after the fusion that Piccolo physically looked a little different. I don't know if they if there was a different art direction with him. I'm glad you thought that, because I thought that too. I couldn't put my finger on it. But like, more like, I'd almost, almost like he had more of like a heroic-looking chin drawn on him. I don't know. Because I was thinking, well, did they add some like commie-type features to him? Right. So I, I tried pausing it and like kind of seeing, but I really couldn't tell if it was just my imagination or not. Or I'm mean, possibly like, a, you know, drawing him in a different light or something. It's hard, like I, like his face from the beginning of the of the fusion looks different than it does after the fusion. Um, I mean, it looks it looks the same like after that, but like it, it there's a there's an odd difference to his physicality, but I cannot put my finger on it either. I can't say what it is, whether because it's, it's the same thing as in the manga. In the manga, he looks just the look on his face or whatever. There's something different that's just not just the expression of the character. And I find it interesting that when you when you have a super saiyan. Goku was more inclined to give in to his Saiyan like roots or his Saiyan, you know, ruthlessness and w- desire to fight. And you have a, you know, super Namekian in here, and Piccolo is more compassionate as opposed to less compassionate. Ah. So I thought that was an interesting kind of play. You have you're you're gen- generally perceived as a nice character, Goku, who gets more ruthless, and then the opposite applies to Piccolo. That was a good catch. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because Namekians by nature are peaceful people. I mean, he's a warrior Namekian, but he's still of a peaceful race, so he's not... Yeah, both are, you know, one of the last of their race, and both are the opposite of the majority of the race. Oh, yeah. This, 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 this writing's even cleverer than I thought. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. Um, 
I just I'll, I'll just like just mention because we kind of passed it, but like just the whole scene of the the Z Fighters watching the television, and the news reports of like you know they don't know what's going on. You kind of hear the dissonant sounds in the background, and then the news report gets gobbled up, and like you don't see what happened to him. And then like they cut to another channel, and like the camera is on the ground. It's like this is this is some Hitchcockian stuff that Torian was putting into this. Yeah, yeah. You you texted me and uh, told me you know oh yeah you know that episode it's one of the eeriest, and I was like hmm all right let me watch that. Yeah, and I'm watching it. It's like, wow, that's that's really kind of going into a macabre place here. Mm-hmm. The uh, you know, you see the city, or you see the city with all these suits and clothes that are abandoned. You can see them like where they were in mid run, and you see the one guy that had the gun, you know, trying to defend himself. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's uh, that's really pretty. Yeah, pretty macabre as a you know, as opposed to especially prior we were saying you know they don't fight in the city a whole lot why is that and you didn't see a lot of the collateral damage well here you see a bad guy who is wantonly killing innocent people yeah to feed himself to literally feed himself i mean like i don't i don't know the technical numbers to kind of justify this term but he's basically committing genocide on a grand scale on a but on a one by one scale yeah, very personally. Yeah, it's not a it's not a massive fireball. It's him going through killing people. I mean, they said the city had what fifteen thousand people, and yeah. they can't find anybody in there. So absolutely, no. Yeah, um, it's just it's really it's it's like you know just a threat that they've not really dealt with before. It's not like this you know gaudy looking figure running around saying I want to defeat the strongest fighters. It's just you know, very you know this character doesn't draw. I mean, he draws attention to himself, but in a very like kind of like you know subtle kind of sneaky way and, and he, he doesn't you know i mean he's drawing attention to himself because a city's gone but he's not like blasting it to pieces he's not like you know yeah his first order of business wasn't to go after goku it was to feed on an entire city's worth of people mm-hmm, absolutely and you know another really cool aspect about him is when he powers up you feel energies of all different fighters uh now do they explain that i'm assuming because that's a pretty big plot point it seems that, that will be explained immediately in the next episode Ah, interesting, interesting. It has an explanation, but it's a cool, like, kind of, like, thing to have in there. It's like, I love when he powers up, and you cut to the fire saying, that's Frieza! It's like, what the hell? (laughs) Say not again! Master Rush is like, again with this Frieza guy. Um, And I'll I'll just say right right flat out, this uh, image of Cell, because he he does have different forms later on in the series, like, kind of like Frieza, although in a different sort of way. This is this is possibly my favorite design that Akira Tarama has ever done in the series. I love the, this, the design of him. He's so unique. He's so, like, he is just so different than, he doesn't almost doesn't like he belongs in the series, but he's so, like, uh, just a really clever and interesting design, just all over. So you like that the best uh, of all of the um, Cell designs? I like it a hell of a lot better than the next one. <laughs> Uh, I, I do I do enjoy like the one he has for the cell games, but this one I think just just on a, on an artistic creative level I really just like this on on that merit alone. Um, when, when we get to the end of the series, I'll I'll see which one I like more, this one or the, or the third one. But like now, is does this does this change an alt and like usher in a new saga, a new part of the series? Yeah, this is basically the start of the cell saga. <laughs> to from from one end to another like this bridge from like once they once we realize exactly what cell is and what he's after that's pretty much the beginning of like the cell saga and then like the, i mean the androids are still in play in fact the androids major really heavily into the plot but uh cell becomes a lot much larger threat than immediately uh recognizable here 
Okay, so he, he's a character that's going to have some legs and he's going to going to be around for a while. Oh yeah, no, no, he he's not he's not moving. He's not going anywhere. Good, <laughs> so good, get used good. To him. Get, I, hope, I hope you like him because. And I like that. I like that. You know, the the, the androids aren't just kind of getting abandoned either. Yeah, you, you see, I like the the scene where Sixteen says there's a battle going on, but I don't recognize either of their opponents. That was kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Cell is like you said. You know, he's very unique. He's very very different than anything we've fought before, and he's also much more of a. I won't say. Well, I don't know. Like the the androids are kind of passive. You know, they want to go fight Goku, but. That's a very personal thing against Goku. Cell is hurting innocent people, so the Z Fighters need to be more proactive and not defensive with that. Yeah, he's 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 more evil, but in like a different tone than Frieza or the Saiyans. Yeah, and he's he's more like menacing. You know, he poses a larger threat to the population than the androids are currently. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, to be honest, I, I honestly wished when he talked, his his like sort of like a. Uh, kind of capsule mouth didn't move because that, that first image when you see him when, when, when like the episode ends it seems kind of standing tall there's a big panning up to his face he looks so cool it's so intimidating that like when you see him talk it's, it kind of turns into like a, sort of a bird beak yeah uh i i thought the same like the same exact thing i was like oh that's kind of a weird design to give him like that mouth it's almost like an afterthought like they may have you know put in okay yeah here's him he's speaking like well um you know, we don't see a mouth. Uh, put a mouth on him. It's like, uh, okay, well, there, he has a mouth, you know. Right between the two slits there. It reminds me of a certain Batman villain who was in a movie <laughs> this summer. Because, <laughs> yeah, I would have been perfectly fine with him you know, just speaking, you know, without without having a visible mouth. Because it, it does come off kind of like, yeah, like a bird beak. As, whereas before, it almost it almost kind of looks like a ninja mask or just a, yeah. like a something to, like a guard. Like a Mortal Kombat kind of thing, like you know, like he clearly, I mean, he clearly has a mouth area there, but like if that thing never moved, that would that would be way more intimidating, I think. So, yeah, Although, I mean, you put a mouth on him, kind of doesn't humanize him, but it gives him more features, and it's like and he doesn't need to be, you know, expression and more expressible. It may, it makes him slightly less alien, like in, in alien in a in a uh, indifferent sense. So, um, uh, that was cool. I mean, like this guy is just. <laughs> So, um, I mean, you know, he has the, he, we have the absorption thing again, but it's done in a different way, which is a little more, I said in the last episode that the, absor- the absorption thing may have gotten, the, that possibly would have gotten old after a while. This thing's a lot more like, you know, don't let him freaking touch you because he'll like make you look horrible. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's essentially him feeding, like pumping all like the, I guess like l- organic fuel out of you into his body. It's very, very slowly like, like, bloop, bloop. That, that is creepy. Yeah, I mean, he essentially has a needle on the end of his tail. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like a hypodermic needle. 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 What did you think about the uh, the battle between him and uh, New Piccolo? I liked it. Um, you really, I, it really got a. Uh, it really showcased both of them. Mm-hmm. It showed off like all I mean, everything that he can do, which is pretty much everything that everybody else can do, and it also showed off this this new B A Piccolo. Yes. <laughs> You know, he's he's able to just like swat away attacks, and I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, Piccolo got power up. He's, you know, he's not the same as he was before. And he can obviously, you know, hold his own here. I thought that the 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 way the fight kind of moved out and played out was very much like it was a, it was a Dragon Ball Z movie because the pacing and the direction felt a lot more, a lot more uh, evenly paced. 
it wasn't just like fast fighting. It was like you know, Piccolo and him. Piccolo got a hit in. It kind of moved around, got a hit in there. It felt like was a little bit more of a martial arts action going on to it than just blasting and fighting. Well, true. I think it would make sense if Cell, you know, has all these abilities at his disposal. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't need to rely on like one, you know, energy blast technique. Right. Although, yeah, I mean, him doing the Kamehameha. <laughs> How was that? How was that? What did you think about that? Well, it took me a second to like recognize it because I'm like, you know, we haven't seen a Kamehameha in like quite a while. Oh yeah, we haven't, have we? And uh, well, I mean, Goku's been out since you know since the first two androids appeared, and Vegeta just kind of does his own you know named moves after himself. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, he's wait a minute, he's doing he's doing Goku's. Wow, well, and. Yeah, it t- took me a second. I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" It looked weird coming, you know, coming from him. But I think it's the first time we've seen maybe maybe Krillin's done it. But I think it's the first time we've seen another character do the Kamehameha in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, well, there was there was a movie too. But like, yeah, like that pose and Piccolo was like that that stance. That was that was really cool. Like a villain who can do the Kamehameha is awesome, <laughs> and someone who's just alien looking as him is great. Uh, and I, I actually did like the this scene is filler, but like cause it wasn't the manga. But I did like the uh, the opening move of him doing the special beam cannon against Piccolo. And Piccolo says that was my move. Like <laughs> he, he's more disturbed by being stolen from. I know. <laughs> he's like that's mine. But no. He's <laughs> like now he knows how Tien feels all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for real. Every single day. <laughs> I will absorb you next. Submit Piccolo. That's all. That's all my notes. Just, just. Really I don't know why he has, he has either a codpiece on his face, mm-hmm. 
or a mouth on his crotch. Oh, you know what? Now that you mentioned it, if that thing opens on his mouth, I, I, shudder, <laughs> I shudder to think. I shudder to think. In fact, his biology actually gets a little more uncomfortable as the, as the series goes on. Really? Oh, I, I look forward to that, let me tell you. A little bit, yeah. And if I, <laughs> uh, I'm having images flash in my face. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it gets a little weirder. But, you know, the weirder the better. Is what I say. Yeah, yeah, you can't forget him. Let me tell you that. <laughs> oh yes, you'll never forget this guy. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have on my notes. If you have anything else, uh, I don't. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, that will be the end for these episodes, and we are pretty much into the Saw Saga by now. I mean, the Android Saga—it's kind of a weird kind of definition thing. The Androids are always playing a big role in it, but like, they're not the main focus anymore. So it's not clear cut like uh, as the. As the no. Frieza saga, right? It's it's sort of like a uh, uh, delineation between like you know the Namek saga and the Frieza saga, that kind of thing, the focus of it. But um, uh, next episode we'll talk about DBZ Kai episode sixty nine through seventy four, uh, or seventy through seventy four at least, because I know we actually kind of cheated with this one. DBZ original episodes one forty three probably to one fifty, and manga chapters one sixty eight through one seventy six. So, uh, before I, I go on to Jesse, you guys better send in those emails or we'll come and get you. I know. <laughs> Any we'll final thoughts? We'll you down. Um, be careful of your cod pieces. <laughs> don't, don't let them open up. Uh, don't, don't go drinking and time traveling. Oh, and here's a, a title for my, my newest sci-fi novel. Do Krillin's Dream of Androids. <laughs> All the Krillin's. <laughs> to be loved. <laughs> awesome. Okay, uh, that will wrap us up for the month of March, despite this day of recording. And um, until the month of April, we'll talk more about the adventures of Piccolo and Cell. We will bid you all adieu. Adios. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.lipson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. <laughs> What's the matter? You look a bit ruffled. Yes, well... Looks aren't everything. You fight quite well for being such a little man. It's impressive, even if you are a Saiyan. I know. There are very few willing to train as intensely as I did to achieve this kind of power. How sad to work so hard for so little. Sad for you!